Undisciplined is a collaboration between African and African-American studies at the University of Arkansas and KUAF. The podcast provides a peek into the complex issues that affects our interconnected world. Taking the interdisciplinary approach of African and African-American studies to the classroom, into the community, onto the airwaves, and beyond. I am your host, Dr. Karee Banton, and for this sixth season, I have a new co-host, Carrie Nisia Connor. Let's get into it. Well, thank you all um, for being here today on this, the, what day of Black History is this, Kinesia? The seventh day of Black History, and it's been, it's been a great month. I can't, I cannot deny Tracy Chapman was on the, on the Grammys the other day, blessed us all, and I just, I'm just in bliss this Black History Month. We don't deserve her. But I am very happy to see all of you guys. This is my first time at Fayetteville High School. I want to thank your teacher, Ms. Kasten, for uh, helping us to make this happen. Uh, But so happy to see you all. So I am Karee Banton. I am the chair of the Department of History at the University of Arkansas. And I am a co-host of the Undisciplined podcast. We'll be talking to you all today, and I'm joined today by my co-host. Hey, y'all. I'm Karenicia Connor, doctor. They call me at the university, though. Uh, Dr. Karenicia Connor. Um, can we just first give a little round of applause for all of us being here in the room together? Come on. More enthusiastic. We get to gather together. We get to... Yes. Um, I'm really happy to be here with y'all. Um, I think it's so important that we're not disconnected, one as a people, but one as uh, folks that are still in the academy, y'all being in high school and us being at the university, um, that we deeply care about you and that we want to be in fellowship with you and in conversation with you regarding life and all the things that are happening pertaining to education. So we're glad to be here with this panel of students who have decided that they wanted to talk with us and with you all and share in this conversation, this very important conversation regarding your education and also the future of maybe your peers and maybe if you have um, siblings that are in the school system right now, what might be the future of their education too. So thank you so much for being here. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And since this is live, we encourage you to clap and to, you know, give applause and, and to be active. You know, this this is going to go out and we want to register um, your, your voices, right? Um, it's not very often when we have these kinds of conversations that I see your constituents represented. And that's why we wanted to come here today because you are the future. We want to hear what you think. We want to hear what you say. You, you is smart. You is important, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you're good looking, all right? Two snaps and a twist. <laughs> so so um, you guys are important constituents, and, and we just thought that there's a number of things that are happening concerning you all, and we wanted to hear what your thoughts are about it, because you're here. You think things. And so we want to just have a conversation um, with you all 
um, today about it. We also have to give thanks to our um, producers uh, at KUAF who has joined us um, here today, um, Jasper and Leah. You'll see them. So if there are any technical difficulties, they'll be helping us out today, guys. But we're going to kick this off, um, uh, you know, to have you think about the study of black history. And to ask these wonderful panelists, what does the study of black history mean to you and your education? What does it mean? Uh, to me, I think it means a lot because, like, I feel like black history is, like, a beautiful thing that some people can learn. And I think it should be, you know, a part of the schools for everybody to you know, have the opportunity to know what we went through or anything that we, you know, had to uh, face. And I just think it's a good thing. But, you know, yes. yeah. Love it. Yes. Mm, if you hear it, holler when you hear it. Okay. Mm, if you feel it, holler when you hear it. Or clap. That's fine. Snap. All of those things. To me, it's about learning where we come from and how we got to where we are right now. Okay. Um, to me, it means not only knowing the bad things about that what happened to us, because I feel like when people hear Black History Month, they all, they go like to you know slavery or mm -hmm. all these bad things that happened. So I think when the school system educates us on everything that happens, the good, the bad, you know, the ugly, everything. So yeah, I, like that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would like to, I, just like Jackson said, I think that, you know, with black history, I think that there's a lot of beautiful stuff that comes with it. And there's a lot, there's a lot that, um, you can learn about yourself by learning from your past. Mm, yeah. For sure. Well, do y'all feel like you're getting that? The good, the bad, the ugly? What side of black history are you getting when you get, when you learn about black history? Usually, uh, for me, when it comes to, like, going to history class, we don't really talk about, like, the only thing that we talk about is obviously slavery, and then we'll, you know, put MLK in there for a little bit, but, <laughs> man, just, just, just a little, little MLK, just a, just a tiny bit of MLK by his dream speech, but uh, that's pretty much it. We don't get to see, like, the things that, you know, us uh, black people have created or invented or anything like that. I feel like they kind of put that in the, into a shadow. Mm, a shadow. Um, I think that usually when it comes to history, they talk about black history literally during the whole month of February. And when, like Jackson was saying, when they talk about it, they talk about MLK, Rosa Parks, Malcolm X. But they don't see the big picture. They don't talk about the people that came before them. They talk more so like what everybody knows. And I feel like when it does come to teaching black history, it should kind of be like taught by people of our descent. Um, I feel that the curriculum makes it a little washed. I'm just gonna say washed um, to what they would like to be taught, what they want people to see it as instead of the actual history and what actually happened. Yeah. Um, I I kind of I agree with Yaya, and I feel like um, they do the bare minimum when it comes to Black History, or even like in Black History Month. It's like, I mean, I understand because a lot of our teachers here are not 
of color, you know? So it's kind of hard for them to teach something that they don't know. That's why like for other topics, it's so easy for them because they know it so well. But when it comes to black history, no one really wants to get deep and understand like what happened, why it happened and everything like that. So. Yeah, that's good. Would you feel comfortable suggesting to your teachers what you would like to um, learn or have seen in the classroom during Black History Month or any other time of the year? I personally would not feel comfortable just because I feel like when it comes to history, a lot of the teachers are like, this is what happened, this is what happened, that's it. And it's not more, it's not really a conversation based. So like, even if they are teaching black history and like I notice that something isn't right, for me to speak up and be like, oh no, this isn't right, they would, I feel like they would be like, no, this is like, this is what it says, so this is right. So like, they would like kind of like dim my light, if that makes mm, sense. Shut, shut it down, shut yeah. you down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would like to add on that. Uh, I agree, but like, I feel like if we were were uh, we were like to uh, step up and say something about it, I feel like they wouldn't teach it right. Like they might, you know, twist something or something. Yeah, obviously it might not be right, but I just don't feel like it would be. You know, if they weren't our color, I feel like it wouldn't be right. But that sounds kind of weird, I guess. But. Well, I've right. I've met some fantastic teachers of of all descents and colors, right? Um, that teach history. Uh, but having the sense of trust that they would lead the conversation in a way that wouldn't disempower or that would um, celebrate black joy or black success and innovation. Um, I definitely think that if you all would like to see the trajectory of your education be impacted um, in that way, your voices are going to be very important to let your teachers know this is how I would like to feel learning about this. Um, have you have you encountered these kinds of histories that perhaps you're yearning for or uh, that you think maybe should be taught but you're maybe a little bit timid, a little bit shy to suggest it? Where are the other spaces that you encounter this kind of a black history where you're like, wow, I didn't know that. I wish I, wish I had learned about that at school. I, I wish that they would delve into this more. Where are those spaces that you're encountering ideas about black history? To me, I'd say in my clubs, like promotion of black students, black girl excellence, that's where I learn a lot about my history because- You said black girl excellence? Yeah. Oh, okay, snaps and yeah. twists. <laughs> because our teachers don't really, they don't really care to teach us about it because like, oh, um, you don't need to know about it. You're not going to start a riot or they just feel like we come with negative energy when we come to ask about our history and they don't really care for it. Negative energy. Um, I would say that I definitely agree with Trinity, um, a lot of those clubs. And then I also feel like uh, me personally, I learned a lot of things that I didn't know about black history in my AP Advocates class. And it's really just a class to bring like diversity to the school and just to advocate for it. So we learn a lot of facts about all different types of ethnicities, not just black history. But of course, this month, like it's we're specifically learning about black people in history and about like people that did good things like Michelle mentioned. Okay. I also want to agree with uh, what Trinity said. I feel like I've learned a lot of stuff through our A and my program 
the African American Male Initiative, mm-hmm. and so during our meetings, we'll go through um, presentations, kind of like letting us know about like current events going on in the world and stuff that has happened before. And I feel like without that club, I wouldn't know as much as I do now. Wow. Um, again, to beat off of what Trinity and everybody else said, yes, in the clubs, I learned a lot more about black history, but also whatever I do take from what I learned in there, I further my research on it. So I go home and like actually look this stuff up or I watch um, movies about it. Like this past summer, I did a civil rights trip with the Dream Keepers. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and we was able to go to Alabama, um, Atlanta, a lot, Mississippi, a lot of, a lot of places. Oh, not the HBCUs. We went to like the Civil Rights Museum, um, MLK's house, important places like that. And like this key moment when I learned about, um, like I watched it with Mississippi Burning. I actually kind of shed tears because I didn't know that story about what happened with the three boys. And when I watched that movie, I was like, okay, this all makes more sense. And it just helped a lot to be able to do my own research on black history. And I want to applaud you for that initiative. Yes. Yes. As a young student and, you know, going and doing extra reading and research on your own, that is so important. And that's such a critical skill. And, and so nice to hear, yeah. Um, yeah, so great job taking that initiative and to all of these clubs and, and the, the, the various faculty leading these clubs and giving you these additional knowledge because all of this is learning, whether it's formal history classes or informal history classes, you're all growing and learning as young adults. Uh, so. so how does what you know and what you carry with you pertaining to black history um, relate to your education and how you approach school and your future? It allows me to speak up for myself and not stand in the back and dim my light for others to shine. Mm, You better preach. Snaps. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I would say the same thing. It's definitely giving me that, that confidence to believe in myself and knowing that even though I'm at this school where most people don't look like me. That doesn't mean that I can't. Mm. I don't want to say outshine them, but it doesn't mean I can't do the same thing as them. So, like, it really pushed me to do, take those higher level classes, do all these things, get in these clubs. It really pushed me to become a better version of myself than, like, you know, now I'm going to college and I feel like um, I didn't think I'd have the opportunity or even be able to really go into college or get accepted into as many colleges as I did. So I feel like with this history and seeing how people pushed and just, like, Strive for greatness really pushed me to do that too. Hmm. Yes. Audience, you agree, huh? <laughs> Any others for that question? So, what I'm hearing, I think I'm hearing from you guys when you encounter history and when you internalize history, you kind of take on that resilience. You realize that you're standing on the shoulders of giants, right? those who have come before you, right? It's Maya Angelou who said that I come as one, but I stand as 10,000, right? So all the people before you 
who have laid this foundation for you to enter, right? And, and you also have a duty, right? When you say you speak up, you're clearing that passage for someone else to also speak up and to also enter into this space and feel confidence and feel like they can also take an AP course. They can also suggest things to their teachers and they can also maybe start a club or an initiative or feel strong in who they are and know they're beautiful because others before them did it. So I am very happy to hear you all say that. I agree, you create a new foundation and, and at a time later, some people will be needing to stand upon your shoulders. And so your example now and your influence in um, what you give to the field now is going to contribute to someone later. So it's, it's bigger than you, it's bigger than us, it's, it's, it's a future, right? So, but are you aware of any challenges to the teaching of black history in your education? Um, I feel like I feel like when it comes to black history and the topic of African-American people, I feel like for a lot of teachers, um, it's a very uncomfortable subject. But I feel I feel that that's the that's the case because, you know, they're not they don't they never got to experience some of that stuff. And, you know, it's really it, it's not their culture. I feel like it's just it's it's an uncomfortable thing to teach. It's hard to teach something you don't really know about. Especially in the society that we live in right now that's very uh, racially and politically divided, right? Um, are y'all aware of the LEARNS Act and its banning of AP or not no longer recognizing AP African American Studies courses in the curriculum? How do you feel about that? Um, so I actually wanted to bring that up, yeah. So I learned recently that the AP African American History like course is not really counted, I guess, as a AP credit, and that students don't really get the credit they deserve for taking that course, and that there are only a few schools, like in Arkansas, for example, that get to have the course in general. And I also learned that there are a few books or like documents and work that don't get to be shared or banned from school libraries, um, obviously not allowing kids to like learn about them or read them and learn about their history. Thanks for summing that up very well. Keep you. It makes me angry because they're trying to hide our history because they feel embarrassed that we even went through this. So I feel as if years later on, no one's gonna know about black history, no one's gonna know about MLK if someone like us don't keep the ball rolling. Keeping the ball rolling, amen. Go for it. Oh, uh. I was gonna say to uh, add on to that with kind of like what you said with all the division we have racially right now, I feel like in order to move on as a like a society, I feel like we need to learn both sides of it. Yeah, to have a, a, a balance between what we already learn in the curriculum and then who's represented in the classroom, right? Because our curriculum you know, our society has changed so much. You know, we have so much linguistic diversity, racial diversity, um, different diversity of experiences, right? We are not a monolithic culture. Just because we're black doesn't mean we all think the same, behave the same, um, but we, we perhaps should have a, a similar goal in mind for our future. But uh, how would you all 
how would you all see yourself getting involved in making sure that the AP black history or making sure that black history is taught in the schools? I think it, for one, well, I'm a senior, so I can't really do much about the, you know, the AP class with African American history. But um, I think just like what we're doing now, um, we're planning this big celebration towards the end of this month in like early March, um, just educating students about all our history. Um, and it's not just like, you know, civil rights and stuff. It's also about hair, makeup, businesses, all these different things and how, um, we as black people in the black community have um, worked and strived to grow businesses and just become one in the community. So. I start off with the younger kids, not in high school, but in elementary schools, because as I go to work every day, I realize that a lot of kids don't know that it's Black History Month. And they're asked, wow. am I this color? Am I that mm. color? They ask me those type of questions. And so I would like start a club at my job to educate them more on black history and find books that are on their level to educate them about the history of our people. I love that you guys are, are really displaying the importance of coalition building, of having organizations to represent us, especially when there's not opportunities in the public school system to have, have that fair and equal representation. Um, but as we think about policy, I want to segue, there's this portion of the LEARNS Act that says, um, that wants to give students vouchers or coupons. And it says that basically that each of you bring a certain dollar amount to the school system by you attending that school system. And in the event that you decide that you don't want to uh, attend that school system in your local community, that you could take your dollar, 90% of it, that you bring to the school and take it to another school. What do you guys think about that idea? I think the money should follow the child and not the school that needs it. Because the money is for the child in whatever school that they go to, so it should follow the child. Mm, okay. Yeah, I think the same thing. Like, if your child isn't going to that school, then why why should you be funding the school that they're not going to? Especially if they, the student or even the parents felt like that student was not welcomed at that school or they felt like that student wasn't wanted and they moved to a different school. Like, me personally, I would not be trying to pay money to mm -hmm. that school, like, personally, if I was a parent. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Who knows Who knows where that money goes? It goes to athletics, um, books that's not even involved talking about our history. That money should be going to something positive, like learning about our history. So take a, like a southeastern Arkansas or a rural community in Arkansas, um, which all schools are funded through local property taxes, so who lives in the community and if they are buying houses and, um, and how they are paying their property taxes, but go to a place that is rural or um, that is um, underfunded or under-resourced in terms of income. Taking that dollar from that school system and bringing it to another school system it could possibly uh, lead to the closure of schools in that local area. And it, it, it leads to more private schools. So do you believe that um, a, a, like a private school structure would be 
more advantageous to having access to black history than the public school? Um, from what I know, maybe, but I feel like this is a very gray area. It's not just black and white, because like, yeah. you can have one positive thing, but then like three other negative things pop up. So I feel like um, depending on where you are, private school may be what's best for that area, but it might, it, like, it may be not. And um, I feel like when it comes to the education, I know here in Arkansas, there's certain things that teachers can't say or else they would lose their jobs because it's like, I guess they're trying to teach students a certain way and it's like not the right way that makes sense. So, you know, I feel like it can be hard, especially for teachers trying to figure out what they can and can't say and how they can still educate students in the right way and not just trying to teach them this one-sided teaching. Sit tight through this commercial break. We'll be right back. I'm Denisha Simpson. And I'm Joy McGowan. And, and we, we are, are the, the co-hosts to the, the Resilient Black Women podcast. Our podcast is all about demystifying mental health for black women, women of color, and women everywhere. You can learn more about our work with our nonprofit and our podcast by visiting resilientblackwomen.org. You can also listen to our podcast at KUAF.com or subscribe to our podcast on any streaming platform. Welcome back. So, I mean, you guys, we're in the era of policy. Dr. Connor has mentioned, you know, uh, at least um, one aspect of the LEARNS Act, and you guys have brought up other aspects, right, relating to, you know, what's going on policy-wise with book banning, and, you know, and, and there's at least one aspect uh, of, of, the, of that act, that, that, of the LEARNS Act, that says that schools must not educate, um, schools must educate, not indoctrinate students and their education policies must protect children and prepare them to enter the workforce. What do you think it means to be indoctrinated? To teach. <laughs> do you think that's what they're getting at when they say indoctrinated? Yeah. Okay. They don't. I don't think they want to teach us. They want to show us what we need for the workforce so that we can keep their money rolling. Oh, so you think that education is a way of preparing you to be labor? Yes. Oh, I didn't. I didn't come prepared to get this okay. deep into this. <laughs> All uh, right, go ahead. My view on um, indoctrination was gonna be more of like to influence someone with a certain belief system. Okay. Um, I mean, in a teaching setting, it's gonna be like indoctrinating or like influencing younger kids who can't really like pick a choice for themselves yet or like know what they think yet. So I think people are afraid that teachers are going to influence these kids with certain beliefs or a certain set of knowledge that like they don't believe in or that their parents don't agree with. Okay. Yeah, I believe that uh, the same thing as Susan, but um, going deeper, I actually had to look that up because I was like kind of confused on what it meant. And um, when I looked it up, it said, um, teaching someone something until they believe that's the truth. Mm -hmm. And I feel like 
even like I can remember back in like kindergarten, you're taught these things constantly every single like every year. You just keep getting taught the same thing and the same thing, and the same thing until you know it's the truth. And so I feel like with black history, that could be what this is or even not teaching black history. So when um, kids are growing up in the school system, they're like, oh, it's not that important or it's not significant in any way because I wasn't taught that. So I feel like that is a way that the government and the like, the governor and all these, um, the school board and all these different people are um, kind of indoctrinating us of not being able to teach us certain ways because they think that what they're teaching is correct, and so like anything else, it's not it's not right. So like, why would you teach it? You know, that's kind of like their mindset, and that's where you could really start to mess up a generation of kids. So so if I think. Uh, correct me um, if I if I'm hearing you correctly. Are you saying that if they were to teach Black history, then you would start to believe the good things about yourself? So that's why it's not being taught. No, it's more of just like um, I feel like them not teaching it or not wanting to teach it just kind of it kind of like makes me think like why why would why would you not want to teach that? Does that make sense? Yeah, I I feel like I heard you say that them determine the the politicians determining what can and cannot be taught is indoctrination in itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what they are accusing black history of doing, they are actually doing. Yeah, it's very like hypocritical. It's hypocritical. Yeah. So what what would the lack of black history indoctrinate into you all? What would not having access to it do to you? Um, I feel like it would make us less eager to learn about ourselves. Mm, and self-knowledge is and self-love is so critical, right? Okay. Yeah, knowledge of self is, I mean, studies have shown this. If you, um, a, a child or a student who is confident is uh, put in a better position to learn you know, um, more effectively, right? So it, it seems what I'm extrapolating from what you're telling me is that, you know, by not, by by the politicians maybe determining what then goes into the curriculum, then that's making a determination about who gets to have confidence, who gets to stand upright in the world, who gets to believe that they can and they can do and be and, you know, reach, Right. Um, because we've seen time and time again a lot of the things that, you know, from from um, Tulsa. You guys have heard of the um, the Tulsa massacre? You've heard of that? Wonderful, right? And you know that that happened all over in the United States, right? Rosewood, um, Oscarville, that has happened in, um, in Missouri, you know, all of these different places. And, and, and it's not um, that... Black people, um, when black people didn't settle is when those atrocities actually happened, when they were reaching for more, when they dared to be great, that's when those massacres tended to happen, right? So I, I, I think that's a sound legal argument to, <laughs> to, to send that up the judicial system. So I, I think that's a sound legal argument. I just want to point that out. So do you think that black history um, is a topic that indoctrinates? Why or why not? I think that it 
It can be if you don't teach it the right way. So I feel like if you're only teaching one side of black history, that's when it can be like, oh, like, cause like a lot of people, like I was saying before, when the first thought of black history is slavery, that's the first thought and nothing, really nothing else to be honest, or maybe like MLK or Rosa Parks. And so when you're only teaching one side of black history, it could be indoctrinating, but when you're teaching the whole thing and showing everyone the good and the bad, that's when it can be impactful and empowering to other people. Not even, not even like just black people in general. It could be other races as well. I feel like that. I feel like, like, like she said, showing the good, bad, and the ugly is where you can really see the most progress. It's when you can really grow. Is learning from your mistakes and also learning like about the achievements and stuff. I think an example that I've heard of that in, in the curriculum conversation is that the teaching and the constant focus on Martin Luther King Jr. and his contributions teaches black folks to behave and to participate um, in, in civic life in a specific way. Um, and then the way that we talk about Malcolm X uh, and calling him like a radical, an extremist, is a way to, to kind of paint uh, a picture of what is not the desirable behavior of black folks. So I can see how that can be an example of indoctrination if you're just teaching it just one way. So how would you all, like if you, can ex if you could cite an example of a, an event, a place, or a person in black history that has impacted you, what would that be? Person, place, or event in black history that has impacted you? I would say um, that I have a dream speech by Martin Luther King Jr. And it's not necessarily the speech, in, well the speech is good of course, but um, the people that were there is what really caught my attention. And like, mm -hmm. if you watch the video, it's not just black people who are there, mm -hmm. it's everyone. And it's not like it's a small group either. 250,000 people exactly. got up and got to DC. <laughs> yes, and it's not just, it's white, black, different, like socioeconomic backgrounds and everyone was there. And I feel like that's what he was trying to get at. And that's what he's been wanting, like, you know? And it, I mean, it's not perfect even today, but that's what, I thought was so impactful is like how he brought everyone together on that day. So I'd say Rosa Parks because she did not let them push her over and give up her seat. She <laughs> <laughs> she speaks up for herself and she stands up for what she believes in and she went to jail because she stood up for herself. And to me that it gives me confidence to be like, hey, if you have want something, you gotta go get it and you have to speak up for it. Um, I would say for uh, people or like events, I would say Jackie Robinson and Flora Jean Hyman because they both just paved the way for black athletes to enjoy their sports and just do what they wanted to do and enjoy their free time and even make like careers out of it. Compete on a level playing field. Yes, yeah. and just like join um, the group of people or the race that was supposed to be um, more superior to us. So... I just really appreciate what they did for us. Um, I would say the Freedom Riders, um, they were kids literally our age that was participating. I in love that. Yeah. <laughs> they were um, partaking in sit-ins and leading protests and marches. They were using their voice. And looking at them, 
gives me inspiration to be okay with using my voice, regardless of he say, she say, I know that I have a voice at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Did you want to speak up? <laughs> yeah, I'm always, as a history teacher, when I, when I get to the young people, it just always warms my heart to see the, the young people at the sit-ins and to see them marching and to see them taking a stance to know that they matter, even though <laughs> adults look over them and they often don't count because, like, you can't vote, shut up, you know. Um, but they're there exercising their rights in a different way. They're there pushing society forward. That's my always my favorite part as a historian looking, you know, at that period of time. Yeah. And if I had a dream, which I do, <laughs> which I do, it would be to see you all participate in that same manner. Like even though you're graduating high school or about to, you know, what you're doing right now in your school, it matters. It's going to matter to somebody else. What you, how you teach your teachers, um, it matters. And when you get to college, how you continue to participate in organizations, how you continue to participate in your civic life, it is so important. You know, the, the movement wouldn't have been the movement without the youth. And so um, I hope you all would feel empowered in that sense that you know that you are full of immense power and that, you know, attempts to remove the, the source of that power, which is um, black studies and understanding your, your innovation, your creativeness, your, your strength and, and your ancestors who help prop you up and, and, and push you forward. I hope you recognize that that is a is a part of where you have the right and the need to push back because you have the right to love who you were, who you have been, and who you are, and who you might become. Wonderful. So as a last question uh, before. OK. What if I'm uh, tired and um, like exhausted? And what if I don't feel powerful after doing this type of work? You just got to keep pushing at this point. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, with anything, when it comes to change, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be overnight. And um, even if you're tired, even if you want to give up, you just have to keep going. You just It's not even, like, motivation. It's just determination at this point. Like, you just have to keep going, and you can't stop. So and that's with anything, too, to be honest. Yeah. Like, uh, I would like to say, like, uh, when it comes to like, if you're really tired and you feel like it's like, you know, not worth it, that's like the point where something in you, like something, something in you is like gonna tell you like, you have to keep going. Cause if you really want it, you're gonna do it no matter what. I'd say if you give up, you let the naysayers and the haters win. And one more thing about that, like I heard this saying of like, oh, you could be in the storm and it can be pitch black, but you know, there's always a rainbow on the other side. Or like if you're, you know how you could be flying in an airplane and you are, you're above the clouds, the clouds look so nice, but once you go down, it looks like, like what happened? Like I'm in this storm, but you need to know that like, you saw the sunshine on top, you Ooh. saw it, it was there. You know it's there, so like why would you? Okay, you been to the mountain top. <laughs> so like why would you forget that? You need to know like where you're going and like what your goal is mm -hmm. at the end of the day. <laughs> Well, 
Okay. Uh, I think we can give Leah the privilege of asking that last question and possibly do you all have any questions for us or for your classmates? I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Are any thoughts that you have yourself? What would you like to say? Thank you so much. Say your name and Hi, um, I'm Helen and I would like to say that with the like removing of AP African American history, they say they're gonna bring it back but change like how you're gonna teach it to people. So you could teach like about the black history, but you cut off the part that isn't slavery and the part that isn't still indoctrinating you with thinking that most of black history is slavery. And so if they were to bring it back, they should bring back the whole of the history, not just slavery. Thank you, thank you. Great comment, great comment. I wanna tell you that I was involved in the creation of the AP course. I spent days in DC and it was me and a whole bunch of other professors who are black studies experts. So I know that AP did not approach this lightly and that they put great thought and great expertise in the studies and they consulted with some of the best minds in the country who have been doing this kind of a research and doing this kind of a teaching for a very long time. <clears throat> what else? Any other thoughts? You're, and he's a track athlete, I like that, yeah. Uh, my name is Javen, and I just think that like, I mean, we have one of the teachers, her name is like Miss Turner, and she teaches cultural studies, and her class is getting taken out, and I don't know, I just feel like that class should like really be here, because a lot of the like racial, I guess, like type of kids, they get to learn a whole lot. And I mean, it's just like sad to see the teachers can't say certain things in class because they'll get fired. They should be able to like say, I mean, not whatever, but teach our culture a whole lot more. Wow, well, I think he's advocating for academic freedom for the teachers, right? So that they can, you know, is that you? Is that you in the back? Oh, okay, all right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hi, hello. <laughs> All right. Do you have something to say? Um, I just wanted to say, like, kind of like how we were asked earlier when we feel like giving up. I think it's important to remember that, you know, we have each other. Yes. You know, like, yes. You <laughs> Thank you. But no, I, th I, th I think it's important to uh, remember that, you know, all of our clubs, you know, we have each other. If we feel like we're not heard, we can always, you know, be together and figure it out. I love that. Yeah. I mean, my answer is, you know, don't grow weary in doing good things. You know, um, what you what you have, someone else has fought for. And so what the future will have, you will need to fight for as well. And so I, I love that idea. And as a community that has always been our community, that we don't just live for self, that we live for us and the community and pushing further and having a positive agenda and being able to participate fully. And so until until the, the war is won, I think we have to stay, you know, in the battle, each battle, even if we lose, sometimes you will lose. But what you can learn in that loss will take you to the victory. And so to continue toward that victory, journey toward it. 
and, and don't give up, you know, um, that your children and your peers and your siblings and even your ancestors and even us, I'm getting chills, we're, we're, we're so proud of you even now because we don't know what it's like to grow up in this society. You know, we have our own society and lived experience. I can't imagine. And so I'm so proud of your uh, continued diligence and, and your resilience and strength. And, and I pray you'll keep it up. So in thinking of that, though, what can you all do? And I pose this to our panelists as well as the audience. What can you do to organize and participate in politics today? Whether you're able or old enough to vote or not yet, what can you do to participate in politics, local, state, and national? What might you do? I think just educating yourself, first of all, because if you don't know what's going on, it's hard to make an impact on anyone. So I feel like really just educating yourself and know what's going on in your, you know, at least your city, you know, <laughs> especially your city, because that's where you live. It's where you're going to be the most impactful. So, you know, yeah. just start small and then you know, work your way out from there. Very practical. I love that consciousness, awareness. What else? Um, I think also like to start small, I feel like, you know, just start asking questions. Start start asking people like meaningful questions like why do you believe in what you believe in? Why do you support this person? And I feel like just questions alone could change someone's whole perspective because not all of us are old enough to vote. And um, yeah, maybe that will influence who they choose for, what they support and what they believe in. Critical thinking questions. I would say start a small book club Ooh. in your local area, including books about black history so that you could teach others of the history so they can be aware of what happened. Read a book. Also, also just like not only in this community, like with our school, but also, you know, going out and meeting other people. Because here, at least in Northwest Arkansas, our population is very, you know, it's very, it's not the biggest, you know, so um, just going to certain events, meeting people, networking, connecting, it's like, that's really important, because they can also help you, because you can find a mentor through those different um, opportunities that we have all around Northwest Arkansas. Visit a museum. Yes, yes, yes. So many different experiences that we can tap into, so many ways that we can so many ways that we can uh, get to know one another, get to know different people, get to understand who they are and their stories in ways that can inform the decisions that we make, right? The exercise initiative, if something is not being done, you have agency, you have power. You can go to your teachers, you can go to your principal, you can write a letter to your politicians and let them know your thoughts. You are their constituent. You are also their constituents, so you very much can let them know, respectfully, of course, um, let your teachers know, you know, here are my thoughts, here's the research that I've done. They can correct you, or they can be like, wow, I, I learn from my students every day, you know, new things. And, and so I'm sure your teachers learn from you as well. And, you know, what someone, what Dr. Connor said earlier, that um, no one is free until everyone is free. Right, so that the work that we're doing right now is very Im important, and that the ways that you know 
we choose to act is very important, right? We cannot just rest on our laurels and say we don't have the right to do certain things. So, um, you know, go out there and make the changes that you want to see in the world. And before you go, I want to leave you with this quote from Toni Morrison. She says, if there's a book you really want to read, but it hasn't been written yet, then you must write it. And I say that to say if there's a policy, if there is a story, if there's a movie, if there is uh, a curriculum, whatever it is that you want to see, that you dream, that you imagine for yourself and others, and it has not been created yet, then perhaps you are the creator. So create it. Thank you all so much to you all for joining us, for sharing your thoughts with us, for educating us about your school and what goes on here. Thanks to Ms. Kasten. Sorry? Make sure when this episode comes out and any promotional that, uh, work that we do, make sure you share it with your friends so they can see it, your family. Um, and get involved with us, the Undisciplined uh, Podcast at KUAF. Uh, be in dialogue with us. Don't forget us. The conversation doesn't end here. We love you and we thank you. Have a great day. Come on, let's get a real round of applause. Come on, we did big work. Thank you for listening to another riveting episode of Undisciplined. This episode was hosted by Karee Banton and Kynesia Connor. It was produced by Leah Grant. Undisciplined is a collaboration between the African African American Studies Program at the University of Arkansas and KUAF. It is available every other Wednesday at KUAF, on Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow the African and African American Studies Program and the Undisciplined Podcast on Instagram at U-A-R-K underscore A-A-S-T or visit KUAF.com to listen to all episodes. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate us.